Good afternoon, Peter. Time to crack open another health and well-being today, and uh, we're going to cover nine signs of what today? Uh, leaky gut. We've talked about this a few times, and I thought it's a good time to have a bit of a revisit and just looking at some of the conditions linked possibly to gut wall inflammation and leaky gut that results as a result of that. So, yeah, a bit of a revisit of um, leaky gut. All right, we will do that this afternoon. If you've got a question of a health nature, Peter's standing by, looking a million damn dollars too today, Peter, by the way. Thank you, Mark. So from a naturopathic point of view, we hear so often about the leaky gut, and it, it's kind of like the, the crossroads of, of everything uh, from, from a naturopath point of view. What, what is leaky gut? Well, just before we go there, I'd just like to say thanks for saying that I look like a million bucks today. Okay. That's very <laughs> nice of you. <laughs> it never hurts to be nice. <laughs> All right, so back to the program, yep. Mark. Just wanted to acknowledge that. Um, yeah, so leaky gut. So us naturopaths, you know, have been talking about gut and gut health for a long period of time, and I think Hippocrates said it, you know, whenever he was around over a thousand years ago that, you know, all health starts with the gut. So more and more it's sort of being found now that, that you know, leaky gut is a real condition. Um, it's called translocation. It's where the gut wall becomes inflamed, um, becomes more permeable. A little bit like if you imagine the gut wall should be an intact barrier, kind of like the skin with eczema. So the same way someone gets eczema and the skin barrier gets breached, um, and the skin becomes leaky, in some respects, the same thing's happening with the gut wall. Um, so gut wall becomes inflamed, and this can let toxins, um, undigested food particles, and other elements from the gut into the bloodstream, where in the blood, your immune system's going to be react, going to react, rather. And these foreign substances entering your blood can trigger your immune response to respond in a number of different ways with you know, often far-reaching consequences. Um, leaky gut actually contributes or may contribute to a huge range of conditions. Um, and basically this can result in your, can also result in your body not absorbing essential nutrients, leading to all sorts of things as well. So there are a few signs, when I say few, there are nine main ones that may be a bit of an indicator that this may be something to have a look at. Yeah, look, absolutely. So um, gut symptoms, you know, bloating after meals, um, alternating bowel habits, you know, variable bowel, like irritable bowel syndrome, um, poor immunity. We see this a lot in kids that are getting sick a lot. Um, there's been some studies showing where if kids are prescribed a probiotic, which can help to heal the leaky gut, their immune system actually improves and they don't get sick as frequently. Um, food allergies, um, maybe or food allergies can contribute to leaky gut. Um, skin conditions like eczema, acne or rosacea, acne or acne rosacea rather. So oftentimes when someone comes to see me um, with themselves or their child talking about their skin, you know, and inevitably the discussion comes back to the gut and what's going on there and the fact that that's having on their um, immune response. Um, fatigue, uh, headaches, brain fog, poor concentration, um, mood I'll just, I'm changes. Just, sorry, I'm just highlighting the brain fog, <laughs> lack of concentration. Um, and also there's a link with um, autoimmune conditions as well. Because mm. 60 to 70% of the immune is based around the gut, leaky gut's been implicated in um, you know, a host of, you know, being an aggravator or a trigger for a host of autoimmune conditions as well. We know definitely it's involved in celiac disease, but, um, you know, maybe other conditions like um, rheumatoid arthritis and even psoriasis may play, you know, may come back to the gut, gut wall and gut health. When you look at some of those uh, symptoms, I guess, they're really sort of all over the place, kind of all over the body, pointing to the, the four corners of the earth, really. I mean, there's, it's kind of as like the gut is this, 
this crossroads, this this central place for everything. Look, look, it is, and it's interesting. Like we call the gut the second brain. Mm. We actually produce serotonin in the gut, same chemical we produce. We produce more serotonin in the gut than what we do in the brain to do with with mood. So, um, you know, the gut really does play an important role in, um, you know, whole host or like everything else to do with health. And, you know, it's not always the case. Like, you know, I'll have some patients come in that have are suffering from anxiety and they're, you know, they can have really good gut health. So it's not always the case, mm. like like any health condition. Same as with autoimmune, you know, it's not always going to be due to gut health. It's not, unfortunately, health's not as black and white as that, but it's always one if of only, the things eh? that we... Yeah, it'd be nice if it was clear cut, but it's always one of the major areas we look at for starters, particularly from a naturopathic point of view. Peter, so now we'll take a step back and what causes leaky gut? What What actually gets things going there? Well, there's a number of factors that contribute to can contribute to that gut wall being irritated. Now, one of the um, uh, substances that's been identified is a compound or a protein called zonulin. Now, zonulin is produced in the gut. It increases intestinal intestinal permeability, um, particularly the tight junctions between the cells, and it's emerged as a critical link between leaky gut and the adverse health consequences such as autoimmune. Um, now, gliadin, a component of the gluten protein, promotes leaky gut by increasing the zonulin production. So, for a while, you know, people have talked about, you know, if you're eating, if you're eating gluten and you're sensitive to gluten, that um, it irritates your gut wall. But what it actually does, it increases the production of this protein called zonulin, mm-hmm. and zonulin causes what normally should be those tight junctions between the cells to open up, and that allows foreign matter then from the gut to actually cross into the bloodstream. Kind of relaxes them a bit, doesn't it? Relaxes those tight junctions. Now, one of the um, um, compounds that's been studied are fragments of gut bugs. So when gut bugs die, like as they do in our gut, um, little bits of their exoskeleton, you know, their shin bone or their hip bone or whatever, called LPS. Very, very little. (laughs) Very little. They're called um, lipopolysaccharide fragments or LPS. If these cross over into the bloodstream, they're one of the most um, potent stimulators of the inflammatory response um, and cause much of the tissue damage that comes from having a leaky gut. Now, in rat and mice studies, they've found some of these LPS fragments in the brain tissue of the rats and mice. Wow, they get from down there all the way up there. Yeah, where they're triggering this inflammatory response. Now, we don't know if that's exactly what happens with humans, but it's kind of interesting that... So these are just one of the compounds, but probably the most mm. inflammatory compounds that can cross that gut wall and trigger such an amazing immune response. What about some of the other contributing factors there, Peter? Uh, antibiotics, we believe, can destroy the... knock around the good bacteria in the gut, leading to an imbalance, um, excess sugar... A diet high in sugar, particularly fructose, can be harmful to the gut wall. Um, preservatives and chemicals in processed foods, um, food intolerances, eating foods that you're reactive to, like gluten and dairy, can contribute to leaky gut. Um, anti-inflammatories, the long-term use of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, say for things like um, arthritis, etc., can cause gut wall inflammation and intestinal permeability. Um, Chronic stress can contribute to leaky gut if someone's under a lot of stress. Our gut wall turns over pretty dramatically. Like, you know, every five days, the cells are turning over on the gut wall. So it is an area that can 
go bad quite quickly but can come good quite quickly as well. Interesting. It's not just, like you said, some of the things that we put into the body but some of the things we, we take in, like, like that, that chronic stress, for example. Yeah, absolutely. So chronic stress is a big factor. Which kind Another... of leads to the next one, really. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Look, the, as a result of chronic stress, excess alcohol, mm. too much drinking can cause increased permeability as well. So there are some ways that we can tell that if we have a leaky gut. Yeah, there are some tests that you can do to confirm that if you do have um, these LPS fragments crossing into your gut stream. But um, pretty much anyone that has an irritable, like a, a bowel condition, inflammatory bowel disease, celiac disease, Crohn's, or ulcerative colitis may also have a degree of leaky gut. So, And it's not a bad idea if you think you've got leaky gut to get tested for food intolerance because this is a quick and easy way to work out what foods you should be avoiding while you work on healing the gut that then you can then reintroduce those foods back in. Not a bad thought because you can kind of knock out the easy stuff first. Oh, you're eating A, B, and C. That's giving you the problems. Just get rid of A, B, C. Get rid of those. Heal the gut. Yeah, and that's the goal. Like it's not... not um, seeing a naturopath is not about being put on restrictive diets for the rest of your life, mm. but it's working out what foods are the problem. Remove those problem foods for a period of time where you work on healing and repairing the gut wall using, you know, proteins like um, or amino acids like glutamine, slippery elm powder, um, you know, aloe vera, some of the other compounds that we use to heal the gut. Uh, getting onto good probiotics. And then once the gut's working well, then work out how much you can tolerate those food, those foods. So adding a little bit of gluten back in, and you know you might be able to, you might feel better for avoiding it during the week. But if a weekend you might go out and have you know sourdough, rye bread with eggs on toast, and you might be fine with that, and maybe bread roll on the Sunday. But then Monday to Friday you might be, you know, back off it or reduce load. So not about not having those foods ever again, but it's about. Um, you know, fixing the gut in the first place. Peter, we're going to go to the phone for you at the moment. And Sue is at Cessnock. Good afternoon, Sue. You've got a fish oil question for Peter today. Uh, yes. Um, the GP told my husband that he had to start on uh, fish oil. Yes. I'm not sure why, but he's taking a blood thinner called Eloquy. So I'm not sure whether that would interact with it. I tell you, I, I would suspect that it would possibly interact with the eloquus. And um, I'd talk to your pharmacist about that. He's the best one. Generally, I've had um, patients on fish oil, and then when they're put on eloquus, they're often recommended not to take it. Um, but, yeah, without knowing his full history, I think I'd talk to the pharmacist about that. Okay, so I did go to the pharmacist. Yeah. And the pharmacist told me that um, I needed... Uh, to speak to a naturopath because they would be able to tell me. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a funny, that's a funny yeah, roundabout yeah, story. Yeah, Look, yeah. Um, do you know, why is your husband taking a blood thinner? Uh, because um, he's, had a heart, he's had a heart attack. Okay, okay. Well, look, Eloquist is a bit of a different class of blood thinner. It's not like um, Warfarin where you've got to get tested every month and you can sort of see yeah. how your INR is traveling. Um, uh-huh. So taking a fish oil, I would, I would think that, look, if the doctor said to take it, then I think it's okay to take, but I'd stick with a low dosage, like 1,000 yeah. milligrams, 1,000 milligrams of omega-3 twice a day. Okay, all right. I know that. I know that the, although the doctor said to take it, it's. I always thought that you shouldn't take it um, with um, when you're on the blood thinners. But then, yeah, 
sometimes <laughs> it's just, you just, it's just got just a question. A... You've got to question your own health, don't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's good to ask those questions. Sue, failing all of that, what we'll do, we'll get you, hubby, your doctor, the pharmacist, and Peter in a room, and you can just, just, just go to town, all right? <laughs> Yeah, okay. All right, okay, right. And, thank you very much. No, my pleasure, Sue. All right, it's, everyone's passing that was, the ball. That was, yeah. <laughs> I come to you for help. I'll go to this guy. You get no, you go back to him. It's like it's like a who's on first, isn't it? Look, my my experience is generally that fish oil is very safe. Um, if someone had a big risk of, of mm. bleeding, though, um, if they're going in for surgery, generally it's recommended to stop taking fish oil. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tend to concur with that. So I think um, anything like that, if you you know, with Sue's husband, I'd maybe try one fish oil because there's so many benefits to taking fish oil mm. for for cell health, brain health, you know, everything. So I'd start on one a day and just see how he goes with that. You know, if he's cutting himself, shaving, whether he's bleeding a lot, and then maybe just to the two thousand milligrams, and then just check in with a we'll GP work back from there. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Sue, and uh, the doc and the that pharmacist. That was a good question. <laughs> We're going to wrap up quickly, Peter, with uh, your three tips for healing your leaky gut. So this is on the presumption that you've gone through the symptoms are showing, and it, you pretty much it is a thing. Yeah, what should for we sure. be doing? For sure. So number one, diet is the cornerstone to healing and repairing the gut. Um, you know, following a low inflammatory diet, removing for starters, gluten, dairy, additives, preservatives, processed sugar for, say, three months. Maybe having a food intolerance test first to work out what foods are best for you to avoid. Now, remember what I was saying before, you know, naturopaths aren't about you can't have this and you can't have that. But we're removing any foods that are, are reactive with your gut initially to try and heal the gut. And then we look to reintroduce those. Um, try and avoid alcohol and coffee for a period of time. Um, coffee's acidity can negatively impact the lining of the stomach while alcohol can increase inflammation within the gut and increase your intake of fiber 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 but good quality fiber oat bran um, ground up linseeds um, organic brown rice uh, quinoa um, you know fibers like your root vegetables carrots sweet potato um, broccoli, you know, all your vegetables, your so, high water content vegetables. So, so, what would you consider at the the, the lower end of the fiber? Um, oh, look, the, the men. I think I get this around the wrong way. Men need to have women need to have thirty grams of fiber a day. Men need to have thirty five grams of fiber a day. And I think I was saying last week that um, there's two point five grams of fiber in an apple. So if if you've got, you know, things like psyllium husk is a good fiber. If you're having porridge for breakfast, add oat bran back in, but it's not a bad idea to to go through your food over a couple of days and work out exactly how much fiber you're having. And then oftentimes I think we'll need to supplement. So make sure you're getting enough fiber. Um, I'm a big fan of probiotics um, and prebiotics, which feed the good bacteria, but probiotics really encourage the growth of your protective and healing gut bugs. Um, They also help to knock out any bad gut bugs as well, and they can help to heal the um, leaky gut. Uh, and you know another way of doing this is to add in fermented foods such as your kombucha and water kefir, um, and yeah, I'd definitely be taking a really good quality probiotic as well. A couple of things to look at there, and uh, I guess uh, your naturopath can uh, sort of sort some of that in greater detail for you. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Two NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business, and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.